Welcome to another edition of FWZ Talk, the podcast, where for the next hour we're going to be talking to all the stars of CAW. And today I'm going to be talking to Brendan Stewart, the owner of GWA, the Global Wrestling Australia. Going Dan Anderson. We're going to be talking about Australia, we're going to be talking about professional wrestling in Australia, we're going to be talking about his league, the GWA, him being a part of the Virtual Wrestling United, the VWU, and how he chose to leave the VWU, and his opinions on that. You want to stick around on this podcast to listen to that. But one thing I want to tell you before we go on ahead with our conversation, if you're looking for some CAW to watch today, or maybe you're searching the globe, if you want to be checking out some CAW, you want to be checking out COH Slam, episode 65, Place Your Bets. I was checking it out. I loved it. It was great. I love uh, Mr. Sparks' commentary with his uh, nap time or tap time. Maybe he wants option B, wind time. <laughs> wind time. And the last thing that I want to mention to all you wrestling fans out there is... That right now, as this podcast gets released, the topics for the second series of the documentary series, The Dark Side of the Ring, have been officially announced. And I think you're going to really dig it. As This was actually a topic that we discussed, discussed in length on M. Accuracy's show, uh, which we both talked about the first series of it. Uh, we've got the Benoit Tragedy which I can imagine is going to be covered over two parts, which, uh, of course, is always going to be one that has to be handled delicately. We've got the Brawl for All, the absolute terrible idea of getting professional wrestlers to beat the piss out of each other, but that's Japanese wrestling. New Jack, who is... I mean, what the hell do you say about New Jack, really? I think I'll leave that there. Dino Bravo, which, for those who may be younger fans, is a professional wrestler, kind of wrestled around the sort of early 80s, an Italian-Canadian professional wrestler, wrestled for the WWF around 1985 to 1992, but it's probably going to talk about the death, uh, where he was, I believe, found shot dead in 93. Uh, He was hit by 17 bullets, 7 to the head, I remember, 10 to the torso, and there's an alleged idea that he was involved in illegal cigarette smuggling, in Canada, but to believe uh, to have led to his unsolved homicide. Uh, Rick Martell, I remember, said uh, it could have been possible notoriety from being a professional wrestler, as he was able to attract many customers, uh, thus crossing the mafia. I believe Bret Hart also said that he did confide in his friends that he thought his days were numbered, so that's kind of like the Gino Hernandez one from the Series 1. And we also have the Owen Hart tragedy, which I know has been covered a couple of times, but that was probably why Martha Hart was interviewed for the show. And me and M. Accuracy do go a bit of a, a conversation about her and the Hall of Fame, and if you care about the WWE Hall of Fame, that bloody pantomime, or any Hall of Fame, or even you know his family, uh, the way that it is. M. Accuracy is a big Owen Hart fan, so definitely go back and check that episode out, as that is um, a very interesting one. But everyone's got an opinion on the, the Owen Hart tragedy. And the very last topic, which I find quite surprising, is on a professional wrestler named Herb a- Abrams. Herb Abrams, for those of you that probably never heard that, were going, we're going around to the 90s, but it was very, very low-key. Herb Abrams uh, was from New York. He called himself Mr. Electricity. He founded the Universal Wrestling Federation out of California 
1990, and I believe he was CEO until he died. Abrams was a guy that knew nothing about uh, the professional wrestling business, and he pretty much got into it to start to, to get that high. Um, I believe it was only ran to about 92, and he did a couple of Fury Hour TV shows with Bruno Sammartino they tried to. Uh, I remember Dave Meltzer wasn't his favourite friend. I mean, I know Dave Meltzer's favourite friend is anyway. Remember, the uh, Wrestling Observer awarded him the worst television announcer of 1990. Thus, Abrams uh, did a job, a gimmick, by the name of Little Davey Meltzer, which obviously was a jab. Now, what that might be covering is, uh, before his death, Herb Abrams was high on cocaine, and he was found naked, and covered in a Vaseline-type substance, uh, destroying furniture with a baseball bat in his New York office. Uh, he was in the company of prostitutes at the time. Not long afterwards, he died while he was in police custody of a heart attack. He had cocaine stuck all over his body when he died, uh, and he was laid to rest in New York. So it wasn't really shocking, but that's going to probably be an obscure topic, I think, that people are going to kind of be like, who the hell is that? So do check out the series two. Probably the best documentary series that have doesn't have people involved in the wrestling business. I really can't recommend it enough. You need to go check it I'd also like to lastly see I said right at the beginning I had one thing to say and then ended up saying three. So I promise this is the last thing. I promise. But hey people, news breaks fast, so I've got to talk about loads of things. Big uh, condolences uh, to the Lipton family. Uh good uh, person I looked up to quite a lot was James Lipton, who was the host of the Inside the Actors Studio. He died at the age of 93. I used to watch that, and I did watch that quite a lot, uh, interviewing actors and stuff. I was an actor student myself back in the day, back when I was a youngling. And he, he spoke to loads of stars, 300 stars, uh, Al Pacino, Morgan Freeman, Hugh Grant, all those guys. Uh, and one of the things that he always used to ask, I like to base this podcast around that Inside the Actors Studio. That's what I quite like uh, Hence why I asked the questions at the end, the sort of Q&As. And one of the things that he was uh, asked is what he'd like to hear God say upon arrival in heaven. That's what he used to ask people. So he was asked that same question. He says, uh, I want him to say, you see, Jim, you are wrong. I exist. But you may come in anyway. And you never know that when we all die, that might be what you may receive. Enough me jibber-jabbering. Let's get on with the interview with old Brendan Stewart. Let's get on to our conversation with old Brendan Stewart. Come to Busy Talk with the Jimco and Brendan Stewart. Brendan Stewart. Brendan Stewart. The FWZ Talk podcast is going across the pond. Many, many miles, in fact. We're going all the way to Australia because we're going to be talking to a man who is the owner of the Global Wrestling Australia, all across the pond. They sometimes call him Aussie Andy. I'm just going to call him Andy. It is Mr. Aussie Andy. Aussie Andy, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great, actually. Uh, just uh, on a bit of a hiatus right at the moment, uh, and just trying to recharge my batteries, batteries creatively. So, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I... Uh, I've been in many of those positions myself when uh, sometimes you've got to take a bit of a, a backseat, reevaluate, recharge the batteries, as you say, have a, have a nice brew. It's uh, always something that's uh, always... You a coffee man? You a tea man? No, uh, not, not really a coffee or a tea bloke. So. What the hell is wrong with you? 
Well, it's just uh, one thing I never really got into. I've tried it. I didn't particularly like it. I'm more of a soft drink type of guy. Uh, I never trust a man who isn't a tea or a, or a coffee man. I've got to tell you. But it's okay. Don't worry. So you are the owner of Global Wrestling Australia. How does a man from Australia get into the old CAW bubble? Well, um... Surprisingly, it's probably not much different to a, a lot of other people. Uh, I was uh, a fan of WEDF. Um, I listened to your podcast with D Wall. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what actually led to this. And uh, yeah, I I was commentating on there for a little bit. I did some commentary for DCA. Uh, mm-hmm. Not 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 a lot. I I doubt anyone would remember my voice on there. Uh, specifically because I was only on there for a few shows. Yeah. Um, D-Wall and I had a bit of a falling out. My fault. That one, uh, that particular one was my fault. Uh, I uh, wasn't in a good place then. I was dealing with a lot of personal issues uh, and have since fixed a lot of those. Mm -hmm. And... uh, yeah, uh, that was my bad. Uh, uh, but I, I got to know a lot of other people, did some commentary work for, for a lot of other people, and then recording ju- just became easier uh, for um, myself, like the way we, we can record our, our, our shows on PS4 became easier. So just one day I, out of the blue, I, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing this. And then... Uh, Started creating characters and I uh, used a couple of um, characters from the. I think I started WWE 2K 16 or 17. Can't remember which one. Uh, yeah. And I just I did a, a few characters, used some, uh, created some of my own, and uh, gradually along the way had a whole brand new set, uh, roster of brand new characters. And. Mm. Just uh, and then other people got got in contact with me. Um, Extreme Tony was an early fan. He, he uh, we exchanged talent um, for a while there. That we did a and I'll get into what uh, led to a bit of drama with VWU when uh, he and I decided to do a show together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but yeah, well, that's well, how I got. Well, get on to sort of VWU and all that kind of uh, groups in, in a few moments. I'm just sort of uh, want to talk about sort of you and your league, first of all. I believe, actually, now that I refresh my memory, I believe I was introduced to some of your stuff when I uh, helped my old friend, old Mr. Al Cabrera, that old cherub, when uh, have some of his shows like the Empire Wrestling one anniversary. And I believe he had a couple of your guys uh, on there. I believe uh, old Sheila Sage and uh, I believe the Pub Club, which... Uh, I thought, hmm, that's going to be a, a British thing or an Australian thing. So there were there were a couple of guys that I was introduced through uh, your stuff. I quite like that you introduce a lot of um, sort of kind of Australian kind of characters, of course, from, from where you're from and, and, and put a lot of into that. It's quite important to differentiate yourself from a lot of other uh, guys as well. In terms of uh, doing the GWA and creating that, what made you wanted to do it sort of very Australian base was it just because of course where you're from or did you have an idea for that 
Well, I wasn't seeing a lot of, uh, well, any real um, Australian characters. Uh, and I really, that's what the impetus was. And there was no, like, I hadn't seen any Australian focused leagues. Like, mm. uh, everyone was, like, sort of American based uh, or. Uh, maybe some British-based ones, but I didn't see any Australian-based ones. And I thought, well, I've got to di- differentiate myself from everyone else. And uh, that was the main thing, was I was going to build my own league with my own identity. And that, uh, the big thing about that was it was going to be Australian-focused. Mm. And that's what the main thing was. And, yeah, that's what led to it. And plus, it's just a, a, one of the first rules you learn when you're writing is write what you know. And, yeah. well, what do I know better than my own local country? Uh, I have been everywhere, so I just yeah. kind of go off that. And, yeah, so... Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting you talk about sort of um, pro- sort of professional wrestling in, in Australia because when we talk about the actual professional wrestling, Australia's kind of been a very unique thing. I feel like it's a country with professional wrestling that people sleep on. And the reason I say that, of course, a lot of the big promotions being, you know, uh, America and every place around, you know, has a lot of um, professional wrestling that isn't necessarily known about. So we're talking about, you know, sort of slightly Asian OWE in China. Of course, you know about the Japan, uh, Japanese wrestling, a lot of um, European wrestling in Germany, and even sort of going all the way down to South America in uh, Brazil, a lot of guys down there. Australia's kind of been that that town where it has that similarities to, to British wrestling and having its own uh, sort of staple of wrestling in terms of independence. But a lot of Australian ones it seems you, you, you're now getting a lot more stars from Australia to to go into America, going overseas to, to different ones. Um, and, and I remember sort of vaguely when I was a kid, a lot of the odd foreign tours that would head down into um, into uh, Australia. I remember sort of a lot of the old sort of 1980s WWF Australian tours going to sort of Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Perth. And then I think even Brisbane. WC- Brisbane, that's what I meant. <laughs> w and a lot of uh, WCW uh, ones in there as well that would sort of go down there. Um, in terms of professional wrestling, how did you get into professional wrestling when you were a kid? Well, uh, it was um, an interesting process. Uh, I caught bits and pieces in the mid nineties, uh, just glancing at TV. I remember watching the build-up to the infamous Starcade match between Hulk Hogan and Bruce the Barbecue Beefcake. I caught some, some of that oh, because wow. I remember the, the, masked guy, uh, the, the masked wrestler that was coming in and beating up Hulk Hogan, and then there was multiple masked wrestlers and stuff. So, And I recently caught um, some highlights of that, and I would go, oh, I remember watching that. Um, now, that was just a very brief thing. I think it was like maybe it was a highlight show that I caught one time that was on the air out here. Then I caught some more WCW stuff with the Hulk Hogan and the build-up to the Ultimate Warrior feud. Uh, when he, when the Ultimate Warrior was... Uh, I remember one uh, a bit of the angle that was being developed uh, was 
the giant big show was in the mm. ring with Hulk Hogan and there was a cage and um he he was leaving the door open for the ultimate warrior to come in and uh and he was gonna ambush him or something with him and the giant. But the lights went out, the lights came back on, giants laid out, uh and Ultimate Warrior sitting in the ring with Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And that was that was it. I caught that bit and then it was the Raw where the Hardy Boys won the World Tag Team titles for the first time. Yep. And I was hooked for a long time since. Uh, I watched, uh, I got into TNA quite well, uh, well and then yep. uh, WWE just beat me down and I just uh, eventually gave up on it uh, yeah, in about 2010, maybe a bit earlier. Sure. I, yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, now I, I, I ca- I'm trying to catch up on the AEW and in, enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. I remember sort of when I was when I was younger, and I, when I was talking earlier about the tours and stuff, that tends to be um, a lot of sort of raw smackdowns back in the day that would do sort of house shows. I don't know that there was, I think there was like one global warming tour from like 2002 that everyone goes on about. But what I actually, when I was doing some research uh, on you and some other stuff, I actually didn't realize, and this is like back in maybe 2000, 1999, that WCW did its own um, sort of Australian WCW and tried to do its own sort of stuff down there, which um, was kind of sort of a little bit uh, interesting. I didn't even know that. And they would do sort of a lot of nitro tapings, standard tapings. Uh, I think it was around about uh, sort of late 90s that they tried to do that with, with Jim Barnett. Why do you think, sort of when I'm looking at that as an example, why... Um, that sort of Australian professional wrestling sort of isn't well known to say the Japanese or the Mexican style or even the European style. Well, um, I think the talent is here because I, I've seen some, uh, like you've got, uh, people like Buddy Murphy, um, and a lot of women, uh, believe it or not, like Peyton Royce, uh, Emma, and Billy Kay, they, they uh, great uh, women's talent have come out of here. I think people are starting to realise oh, there, there might be something there. Um, I, I actually did a, attend a, a wrestling school very briefly. Like I didn't, I, I, I was just not in the shape to, to do sure. it. But I, I, I've taken some of the lessons that I, the brief time I, I was there to understand why why certain things are done the way they are and i was just like i think the talent is here it's just that there's not someone like a vince mcmahon yeah or and and the television out here is just not set up to really develop uh a league out here i think it would be pretty easy to do i think you could do um hit most of the the big towns here mm. but then you were like within a week you'd run out so the it's not like the states where there's they could go everywhere yeah one uh, every within six months and then start all over again i think within about a month you would run out of places i think i think it's just it would run dry pretty quickly as well and yeah i don't think the appetite is here to us for a league the size of WWE or AEW or even yep. TNA. 
I mean, when I think about it, it's kind of similar to the UK where a lot of times I sort of hear that, well, and I did talk about this with one of my Ben Hopkins band about whether WrestleMania would come to the UK and stuff like that. And I think with countries like you and I, it, or our country, sort of say, there's the stadiums that are that are there to be, you know, be used, whether it be in England, some of the football stadiums sort of overseas with you guys and the cricket stadiums. I know they did that with that... Um, I think that super showdown or whatever it was called at that the Melbourne cricket ground. So the the places are available there in those big kind of areas. It's like you mentioned, sort of the the audience there to do so, and that seemed like, you know, that that brought in quite a lot of people. Probably a lot of overseas people came over to to do that. But I think the the places are are there to do so, like they've done as I kept mentioning about the foreign tours. It's sort of the audience, and I, I think there's a sort of under sort of undergrown kind of like here, uh, undergrown sort of. Australian audience like yourself who who sort of enjoy that that professional wrestling. Mm. I went to the, one of the NXT shows uh, that yep. was out here, um, and it filled up the place pretty well. There was some uh, still some pipe and drape uh, to, <laughs> to yeah. quote uh, Jim Cornette uh, he, there, but and the crowd was very enthusiastic they they really enjoyed it but i get the impression that uh this this is once a year we can yeah. afford to dispose of the income but i don't think uh, i think and that, that was a pretty small show uh, show that we were in it was in newcastle so yeah. it wasn't a huge stadium it wasn't like the the sydney superdome or anything like that it was yeah. A smaller place, uh, probably maybe two thousand people were there. Maybe, maybe, but there were it wasn't a huge sellout or anything. But yeah, uh, it was a good show, and uh, it, it was really enjoyable. I'm glad I, I went, um, and I enjoyed myself there. But I just don't. I, I the there is an audience here. There, there is. It's just I don't think it's enough to sustain a, yeah. a major league. Like there is, like there are quite a few smaller leagues here. There's uh, AWF, PCW, and a few others. But um, I don't think like uh, it, yeah. I'm just repeating myself. Sorry, but yeah. Yeah, I hear you with um with that. I uh, something just came to my mind actually was uh, I think last year when New Japan did that uh, Southern Showdown uh, in Melbourne, uh, in I think Sydney as well where they did that pay per view event on New Japan World, and uh, I believe on that sort of night one it, it reached about at that a thousand to nine hundred sort of people. So I know it's small, but I think starting starting small and um, getting bigger is always uh always sort of bigger with that. Yeah, I think. Well, I think if. Australia was like one of a bunch of play, uh, like uh, maybe New Zealand and some other places. Is um, it, it could work? Like it, it would work. It would uh, work. It's just someone needs to. Uh, someone would need to come in with a lot of money and have a TV deal, and it'd have to hit pretty yeah. well from the bat. Uh, so. With that being said, we are also talking about your league, all GWA. Now, we're going to go into that topic today everybody wants to talk about. So, you being um, a part of the Virtual Wrestling United, how did you first come to check out those guys? 
Well, um, I, as I said, I knew about uh, D Walls DCA. I was still subscribed to him at the time. I was trying to catch up uh, on a lot of his work, work at the time, I, I believe. And I, I forget who let me know about it. Um, I, I forget who, who tweeted it out that they were going to do a big announcement thing. And I heard the video. The Prestige show had already been done, so... I, there was no way I was going to be the, the first prestige. There was no way I was going to be a part of that. And it was pretty long before saw anyone, uh, I saw any of my guys be a part of it. But, um, I, I found out about the announcement. Sorry, going back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to the show. And they, uh, they, they said, look, we, everyone's welcome. So I, I put my name in the hat and, uh, eventually, MTB um, uh, got in contact with me about Aussie Andy um, being a part of the Most Wanted tournament. Yeah. And uh, he had a, a pretty good match. Uh, he got beaten by Lion-O. Uh, <laughs> and I... This is my first experience with it. Uh, I was like, okay. Uh, he, and Lionel didn't go on to win. Okay. Uh, I think he was defeated in the next round. And they ended up having a steel cage match that Aussie Andy won. And from memory, there wasn't any follow-up after that. Like there, And I'm not saying there should have been or anything. Uh, it was like the opening match or something of the most wanted show itself. And that was uh, my first experience with, like, um, okay. And I, I, I had no aspirations um, of it being a, a, a big program that took over the show that would lead up to the world title or anything like yeah. that. It's just, like, he was he's like my flagship guy. He's not the, my top guy or anything. He's the, the guy I send out uh, to test the waters with these... Uh, yeah. leagues and especially at the time and uh, see what they're what they're capable of doing and well it's, it seemed like okay we're it was a long be time before the next show and there was no real follow-up with anything uh no one asking uh, no one asked okay well the next show's coming up uh uh i just didn't see anything to say, okay, we're, yeah. getting, we're starting to book the next show. Can you let us know who you want to use, us to use or anything? There was never anything like that. There was never, it never seemed like there was any feedback about that. I, uh, I think I said, uh, because uh, uh, Lionel was part of Faces and Heels Federation or something. And I, I was uh, like, oh, do you want, do you want, Ozzy and he to show up and follow follow this story uh, line up there and he, uh, the the feedback I got instantly was that's a fantasy league. There's no crossover with other uh, with uh, with uh, with the category that obviously Ozzy Andy's in. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Okay, that that, that was nothing. 
and like there was no follow up uh, on it at all. At all. Uh, there was no like rubber match or anything from memory. I don't remember there being another, a third match in the series. And then the uh, Infinity Rumble happened. There was three the uh, and one had three guys in it and. This this one this one uh, this uh, ticked uh, ticked me off a bit. Um, there was three rumbles. Yeah. Uh, the first uh, the first one one of the first en- entries was Bushranger Jack. Uh, yes. He's my like Mick Foley Terry Funk type guy. He was he, he came out one of the first ones and the like admittedly. Probably my fault. They, uh, they, there was like, like they commented on him. They didn't dra- bury him or anything. They just didn't say anything about him mm. uh, much. Uh, they, uh, they admitted, look, we don't know much about this guy, and they didn't know what a bush ranger was. A bush ranger is like a, a western outlaw. Okay, bye guys. Yeah. Um, and he has Ned Kelly's uh, armor on his. Uh, shirt and tights and stuff. Um, Ned Kelly is a famous Australian outlaw. For those of you who don't know, um, so yeah, uh, and uh, and again, that's fine if they if they uh, if they had asked, uh, could just give us a couple of details about the guy. We'll uh, we'll try our best to put him over. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, and and there was no. Uh, no one, uh, uh, and look, I understand there was pro- uh, so many guys that you, you might not have, they might not have wanted any notes anyway. So fair enough. Okay. But yeah, uh, he came out, he did okay. He, w- he lasted a fair while. It wasn't like, he, I don't think that anyone was like deliberately put out uh, on that. It was uh, clearly most of it was simulated and he did okay. Then, um, GI bloke came out, and GI bloke. this, yeah, this was a takeoff of um, I, I of uh, uh, Booker T's GI bro yeah. thing, and um, yeah, uh, he did so well, and this was great. Like he, this was something uh, really well. Now. Again, it was simulated, so it wasn't. I don't think it was planned or anything. He lasted till the very end, and it took Superman to throw him out of the the ring. So I thought, okay, we're going to follow up. Uh, the, uh, the, this is something they have to follow up on, and they did. They, they they put him in another match for the Infinity Show itself, where he was in a ladder match. Yeah, another great performance uh, in the in the. Thing. So I thought, okay, they're going to do something with it. That's when, uh, I think not too long after that, the Prestige show was done. There was, he was nowhere on the Prestige card at all, the, the main Prestige card at all. So let's just stop right there for a moment because we've covered quite a lot in, um, in, in that. And I want to sort of uh, go back on a couple of subjects. So the 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 VW, the Prestige Festival, I believe it was called, where there was quite a lot of guys that were, that were involved in that. In, in overall, how do you think that 
that went in terms of your show as a part of that festival? Do you think it was received well? Was it received bad? What do you think that how that? I for don't you? think. I don't think I attracted any new fans. Okay. And I don't think that was their fault. I don't think it was my fault. Okay. I think we, there were so many shows, and um, people had their favourites. People might have jumped in. Um, there didn't seem to be a lot of attention paid to it. Yeah. Um, I went into the chat, and there was, I think it was Al Cabrera was the only one in. Like, like certain people were that 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 um, I uh, were part of the show. Al Cabrera was the only one in there, and uh, from this is from memory, so I could be wrong. I don't think there was many. If there was any other people in there, they weren't paying attention to what was going on. Now, there, there, it was at a weird time for me, from memory also, I think. But, yeah. look, I can't. I, it, it was a while ago, so I can't remember exactly. I just remember there was not a lot of attention paid to that show. And from memory, there was a few shows where the main booking committee wasn't paying any attention to what was going on. Now, I, fr- I also do remember someone was in there and they... I don't know if it was Alb or, or someone else said uh, pretty much, here's the GWA show. And um, I think that was the last I saw of it. I ducked in there. There was really no, no one else in there. No one was in the chat. And it was just le- left out there to live or die. And fair enough, uh, there was not a lot of attention paid to a lot of the shows. Now, may- maybe people would check it out later. Or something I don't remember much about the the festival. I think it was a great idea. I think continuing on with it, it might get uh, a bit more attention. I put my best effort into to the show. I did did all the work I could, and well, and they 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 promoted that the, there was big be a a festival, uh, and um, I think. Uh, uh, understand they're doing it this year. I think if they can help out, promote some of the other sh- uh, shows, give a, get them to also put some promotional material yeah. together, like uh, cards for their their show that they can po- uh, post throughout the week or, or months leading up to Prestige. That's fine. Um, yeah. I think I think it was a good. I think. It was an interesting experiment. I think it worked for the most part. I think the biggest shows, uh, the the shows that have already got audiences, got the attention they deserved. I think other shows just didn't quite get the uh, other attention they needed. Um, so well. pretty much. So, from, so from that part, we're, we're talking about the festival, and, and and that sort of went down there. I mean, in in terms of the festival, again, I don't know a, a lot about the sort of the festival stuff but i know it was kind of like a way of, of bringing people together um now in terms of what you're saying if you're putting something together where you're going to bring all these people in then you need to of course promote each individual person not just bring leagues in just to fill a spot because then you might as well just not do it at all and mm. I, I know it can be difficult that people would say you know where there's there's a lot of shows and a lot to keep tabs on you give each person a platform to show what they've got and and, and that's you know what what you do when you were talking about sort of those things we kind of went into sort of things like the the prestige rumble and things like that that we're, we're going to talk about now 
I know I've, uh, of course, I had a conversation with DUOR quite a while ago, and that had a lot of different feedback, sort of some uh, positive, some negative, and, you know, that's going to do that with what sort of someone's opinion was. Uh, and I was talking to him about sort of the criticism and things like that. And, and one particular thing that I asked him was, I said, the VW strikes me sometimes as a bit of an NWA. And what I mean by that, nothing negative. I mean, sort of the NWA back in the day, it was that sort of one entity. And then there was all those sort of smaller um, professional wrestling groups just outside the bubble. But it was sort of CAW leagues in, in this regard. So, you know, is that the way uh, that 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 acts that, if you want to do something within that bubble, you've got to ask permission in that sense. And he said he, to a degree, yeah, um, but they're not, you know, that sort of dictatorish to a degree. And I sort of proposed that question of well, if you're in that bubble, why can't you, um, why can't you kind of do what you want in a sense? And he's, he's kind of saying you can, but if you attach that VW you know, name to it, then that, that's why. One of the things I wanted to ask you, we'll move on to the, um, the procedure on in just a second. One of the things that I mentioned to him was um, something to do with, I think I might have seen something, uh, and I think you, it was you who was a part of it, um, and it was to do with that that conversation about somebody wanted to do something, and, and I think it was you and someone else that had something to do with wanting to put, I don't know if you, I don't know if it was XGW, and it might have been them, I honestly can't remember. Um, yeah, you're right. I might have got all the things wrong, but it was something to do with, um, some, some anger to do with somebody who was doing their own little thing and they're putting that VW name on it and I, and I don't think that they like that okay now I, I want to clarify this with I not to, uh, I I take a, a lot of the blame but not all of it for this um, and there were other circumstances that led to communication breakdowns both on my part and Tony's part and that's what led I, I think led to a lot of the anger yeah okay now what I'm uh, uh, this is this is my side of the story okay now me and Tony uh, were getting along well we had uh, proposed an idea um, Long, long in advance to MTV, um, and he—it uh, was just after Prestige, I believe—and I was trying my best to keep him updated. Uh, uh, initially, we we said, um, I said to him, uh, "Me and Tony are thinking about doing a show together. We would like to do it under the VWU." banner like you like you did with your show and he said great that sounds like a great idea mate. uh and we would like uh that sounds great uh he didn't say keep me informed or anything it's uh, so look uh and and it was sort of like uh an idea we had out there we uh, weren't like it wasn't something we were actively pursuing at the time and eventually what happened uh, 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 but then eventually we, we started developing it and I put some stuff together and it w didn't look uh, honestly if I think this is probably what helped, got a lot of anger it didn't look 
great. It just looked like I, I slapped the VWU logo on something, and uh, that's what I think led to a lot of the anger. Right. But the other thing that, that did it was, uh, back to me, is I recorded a bunch of stuff. I don't know if I did it before or after. Uh, I was in the middle of a move. And during that move, we had internet issues. The internet would not work. And the only connection I had was through my mobile on a on my uh, iPhone through uh, like a mobile data. So I wasn't keeping up with everything that was going on with VWU. But I during that hiatus, I got everything set up. I did the show together and uh, record, recorded and edited the show together and it was all set up, ready to go and uh, I put an ad uh, so uh, I think, no, no, Tony put an ad in one of his shows for it, letting everyone know that this was going to happen now we didn't, I don't, from memory we didn't put a date or anything on it uh, but then all hell broke loose uh, on the VWU forum. Uh, everyone just thought, "Oh, this big ego guy. He's he wants to. He he, he did this all behind our backs and everything." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Last I heard, this was all cool. Uh, maybe we. <laughs> uh, and then I, I I was like, uh, "My bad, my bad." Whoa, 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 whoa. And, like, I was, I spent, like, a good chunk just, like, saying, sorry, okay, whoa, 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 sorry, sorry, no, no, we just, we just wanted to go, we wanted to do our little show over here, and we, uh, it, it doesn't affect any continuity with you guys or anything, that we, it, we didn't even have any VWU titles on the show, we just put a show together, and we were told... VWU would be happy to show it. And whoa, uh, we, we, we got tarred and feathered for it. And I, and yes, some of it was deserved, but I don't think the reaction we got was the one we deserved. It. And I think, I think it got put up, but it was like, yeah, here's this show. And, uh, to be fair, it, it was, it was put up, no fanfare, no nothing, and that, and I'm just glad it got put out. Do you think that might have been an overreaction on their part? I think it was an overreaction. I think they, they, um, I, I think um, one of the commentators that does a lot of the, the show, uh, Hit Kid Worldwide. I think he saw it. And he just thought the worst of me and right. Tony. Uh, me, most of all. Um, because I, I was responsible. I, uh, granted, I was responsible for getting permission and everything. Uh, it, and the problem, too, was MTV wasn't around to say, whoa. And I, I even put screenshots in and they, to say, look, I had permission. I thought, I thought everything was good. Uh, and uh, I put them up to show, like, no, I didn't just do this on my own. 
But I got told, oh, you should have put the, uh, this, should have kept this informed and all this. And I'm like, well, I couldn't. Uh, there was like three or four months out of the time that I was doing this that I didn't have internet access. Right. So I think, now, I think the main thing about all this as, as we're sort of talking about this and, you know, you, you bring up uh, HitKid, which is quite uh, interesting you say that because I will be uh, interviewing Mr. HitKid worldwide uh, shortly and there's a couple of topics we're going to sort of discuss with this. So we'll, in terms of that part, we'll see, sort of hear uh, his side of, of, of those kind of stories and also sort of some of the criticisms here. One thing that seems to be a common theme, and even D will admit this when we, uh, uh, when we talked about back then communication seems to be a thing that isn't very clear with with a lot of those guys a lot of you know everybody here and i'm not not sort of you know pointing the finger and saying oh you guys in communication but that that is important between people especially when it comes to stuff that we do and i'm not seeing that being uh strong enough when it comes to you know all, all these kind of things and i think that's something that we all need to improve on and that is communication because if it's something like that where an issue goes out publicly to everybody you need to go to the individual themselves and, and settle that before you know you make assumptions because in your case you you had an idea of what you were doing and they looked at it as a little bit of a different issue and instead of sort of you know going all over social media and arguing it's it's that case of putting your case across it's not what you seem and you're overreacting here to what we were what we were trying to do but again we'll get his side sort of a little bit later but i think oh yeah well that's i'd that. love I'd love to hear his his side of the story. So, you know, um, he might even not remember his reaction to it. He probably just was like, "Whoa, what the hell?" Uh, and... So, in terms of 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 that, now if we sort of move on to sort of within that that part of of what you were talking about earlier, you were talking about the Prestige Rumble. Now, that's kind of interesting you bring that up because I was talking to Sean Walsh about this way way back on our very very first episode because I was talking about a. Um, a situation that I had um, about, and to pretty much sum it up quickly, I was asked to be a part of it. I said, fine, great. And then pretty much what you told me is, is what happened to me. So that the guy comes out and, and nobody's really interested and nobody has a clue. I'm thinking to myself, come on, guys, what the hell are you doing? And it's it's that idea of this, this launched into a, a topic about commentary guy comes out you get silence second guy comes out silence again third guy comes out silence again and the guys that i used on that show were um were celebrities so it was kind of an idea of well you'll know who they are uh, not necessarily a big deal now it was just a point that i that i brought up but that was what me and sean were talking about how important commentary is and that is the one thing you do not do and it is being silent if you're silent about somebody's guys what you're basically saying is, you know, this guy doesn't matter, which then also makes you look like an idiot because then as an audience member, I'm thinking to you, well, if he's so crap and he's not important, why why have you got him on here? Why have you bothered to put him on here? And that was something that I do see when I see sort of some of their shows and even New Dawn stuff. Like I know New Dawn Pro is meant to be kind of crazy and they do, you know, do crazy stuff. And that's completely fine. And it is a bit of a cluster mark because, you know, when you've got like four or five guys at one time, you know, who, who speaks and who's listening and, who'd even know what's on there. Um, I think a lot of guys had that same issue with that prestige rumble where um, it is where the commentary wasn't exactly, um, you know, a positive reaction to people's leagues. And I know the criticism on the other side will be, well, we can't, we can't take, you know, we can't find out all the stuff about every single guy in every single league. 
well you can because if that's not the case why are you doing it if i yeah. had if i had 20 leagues if i'm doing 20 leagues that's a that's a lot of stuff now you could be saying man that's 20 leagues that's like 40 guys how are you going to know every single one of them well i'm going to go out of my way to find out because that's what's important because if i'm going to bring someone in you know think about all the work i've got to do behind that i've got to commentate i've got to edit i've got to bring a guy on i've got to download it i've got to do the matches and everything what a waste of my time if i'm going to treat that person like a piece of crap because that's pointless absolutely waste of my time so even if it's a lot i'm going to do that if i hear the reaction of i can't look into every single person well then don't have them on and don't have as many people because it's very very i come across quite strict with this but i'm talking from experience if i'm going to do that for example i've got this next headliner tournament coming up i'm going to have some new guys i don't know i'm going to know every single thing about hell i do it every single week when i do these podcasts some of these people i've interviewed i don't have a clue i don't have a clue who they are but i didn't come in going so uh what do you do again what's what such and such i take my time to research i'm organized i have a structure so when i interview them you know, it's not me with deer and headlights wondering what the hell I'm doing. That's what's important. So what you sort of echoed is, is what a lot of people have. And again, this isn't a, a, a VWU bashing part, but this goes to everybody. It's going to call stars, it goes to everybody. If you don't give the seriousness of, of putting people over, then you, you're wasting your time and you, and you make yourself look more stupid than, you know, crapping them on. And, and I think that's something that is uh, something that maybe people should improve on um, in, in making sure that happens did you ever talk to those guys about how you felt like they weren't paying attention to you well look i i took it as well they didn't have time to get uh i didn't give them any notes about the guys i wasn't ex asked for any notes about the guys so yeah what are you gonna do so yeah. but what did cheer me up was when my guy gi bloke was doing very well throughout it um they were doing their job of putting him over they were saying well this guy's come out of nowhere he's done very well for himself and then uh he uh, they they were putting him over they would uh, so fair go to them they were doing that part of their job right it's just um yeah uh and granted the name gi bloke is pretty funny so i i thought that was um uh, like I don't, it was like a, it was like a little like irritation problem uh, that they didn't know my guys when they were coming out, and that's uh, uh, look, that's majority on them for not uh, being able to do everything, and uh, it's something that they really should think of um, if they do uh, something like that again. Yeah, yeah. So. In terms of all the things we've mentioned now, in terms of the communication and, and the various events, where do you stand with those guys now? Well, okay. Um, I I wasn't really talking to them a lot before. Mm. Um, MTV left, uh, and that was... He was the only one that, like, genuinely took the time to um get to know uh what like communicate with me about what was going on like if he yeah. said look look uh here, here's the plan we're going to put your guy in to this uh like when geo bloke did so well he said look I, uh, we're gonna put him in this this match and i was like great 
Um, and uh, that was that was the follow up, and I'm like, great, there's a follow up to this. They, they can do it. He could it could get a chance to. He was put in a match to get a chance to compete for a, a future title shot. So that was uh, pretty big. That was the biggest thing that ever happened to GWA at that point. So that was great. And But uh, what, what was also frustrating is I would follow up. I followed up on that story on my show. Like, yeah. GI bloke, the guy that came so close and then stuffed up. And yeah. it was, I'm still following that storyline as, as I'm talking to you uh, now. Um, yeah, that's uh, something that, that's followed up upon. And I don't know how many other leagues are following up on stories that are impacted on the uh, VWU. So, so if you if you wanted to say something to the VWU in terms of how you feel about everything that sort of went down, what would you say in terms of how you're feeling right now? I think... It's a two-way street. I think I could have done better with communication, but you also have to remember, I'm on the other side of the world to these guys. So you might not get the response right away. But if they had said, okay, um, uh, uh, there's a section on the Discord where they announce... Okay, we're starting booking for such and such a show. Yeah, if you want want your people to be a part of it, uh, let us uh, send us a message. Send this person a message, and we'll get back to you when we uh, can, like uh, within seven days or something. Yeah. I understand that life happens, um, but. Somebody should have been uh, like the, somebody. Uh, it it should have been handled a lot better because, as far as I know, I never saw when I never saw a, an announcement saying we are starting to book such and such a show. Let us know if you want to be, be a part of it because I don't know when you're booking. I don't know. I don't. I I didn't see anything to say. Uh, Throw, throw us a thing because I've got my own show to book. I've got uh, if you want my guy, if you want to let, uh, if you want my, if you want my guys, uh, that's fine. Then, uh, but I, I'm going to follow up on this because I know you're going to probably get to, to this later. Okay. What led me it led me to leaving was uh, there was this fallout to something that happened. Right after, uh, uh, right before the most wanted tournament started. Okay. Uh, the original plan was for, I it, it was going to be a massive tournament. There was going to be a, uh, there were a couple of my guys, uh, one or two of my guys were going to be in it, and I gather a lot of other people's guys were going to be in it as well. Then MTB. Um, bowed out which totally understand there was from what, what i hear what was going on with d world that that sounds fine it got reduced fair enough i sent a message to d world do you have any plans for any gwa guys mm-hmm. never got a response 
Any time I talk to him, I think I got one response. And there was two, um, two uh, Queens of Wrestling shows uh, that were happened during here uh, during my tenure there. Uh, guess what? There was never any GWA women. He says uh, he said that well, oh, there's not a lot of women out there. I've got yeah. a hell of a lot of women on my roster, and. Uh, other leagues have been more than happy to pick the, uh, them up and do stuff with them. Um, I don't know what's holding him back. I don't know. Uh, he's uh, I, he's never ever said uh, come back to me and say. He's only ever said, "Oh, the the one response. Oh, if we, I'm putting the show together. Uh, I will find a place for you. Never found a place for me." That was a response to one of the uh, things that he said. And I, after that, there was never any reply back again. Um, there was a few things, uh, the, I think it was the following year. You got any plans for them? Can they be a part of, uh, can you be a part of the tournament? Now, I didn't expect my girls to win uh, the tournament, to do well in it, but I think, they could, I think they're good enough to be a part of it. They're... There's not that many. There weren't that many leagues with women in the show in the thing in the VW at the time. But there could have been some other representation in the that that show. And I'm just I'm like flabbergasted that he would say it's a. T- uh, I tried contacting him. Uh, yeah, and it's not like. It's not like the that he couldn't do the same back to me. He couldn't say, let let me know. And I'm like, well, you never let me know when you're booking the show, so I don't know when the show starts being booked. I I don't. Uh, every seemed like every time I, I would say, oh, can we uh, we be a part of it? Oh, it's all recorded. Yeah. Well, you didn't tell me you were recording it, so uh, how am I supposed to know? Like, the, the... I think that the whole issue again is is communication that we were talking about there, and and there yeah. there is a lack of it between you know those guys and you and everyone else that's you know we've mentioned, and even talking to D Wall on that uh, on that episode, he'll happily admit communication, but it, it's something that is very important that should be well, fixed, and hopefully that's something that you know guys take on board because I think sometimes I see a lot of is people don't like saying no to people. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. It's yes, it doesn't sometimes doesn't feel nice to be told no, but at least somebody knows where they stand. If a lot of people are like you mentioned who have said, you know, I've contacted them or I've said this and I've either got a one word reply or unanswered. There's one thing in this world I can't stand that's people ignoring, you know, people that's always a shitty thing. But at least say, hey, look, here's the plan. I've got nothing for you now. I might have something for you shortly. Or even just, look, I've got absolutely nothing for you right now. I don't have anything. That might be a better way than just saying nothing because at least you've got an answer than nothing at yeah. all. And that's something that I always do. If, if I'm not going to use you, I'm going to tell you because if you want to go somewhere else, fine. I'm not going to just ignore you to kind of keep you around because that's just selfish of me. Mm. Um. I gave him plenty of time to respond, and then I I posted a, a, a comment saying like, no hard feelings. It doesn't seem like there's anything here for me. So, and then I and then I 
uh, uh, not so quietly left the server. Yeah. And um, the other good thing is I made some friends elsewhere. I I put in hard work with them, and we get put stuff together. It's uh, it's a lot simpler, and it's only a couple of leagues together. It's uh, me and Al uh, have done some great stuff together, uh, mm. I think, and. Um, uh, I was, I uh, got to know Danny Jackpot a little bit as well. Um, now before we, also, before, we head um, on, before, before we head on to that, sorry to interrupt, I just want to uh, throw, cause we're going to move away from the, the, the VW topic, um, w- with this and I'll, I'll come back to it. When I was doing some research on it yourself, you know, we're talking about VW as a group. I hear a group that you are a part of, which is called the Norverse. Is that a actual group of people, group of leagues? Yeah, um, that's who I was talking about. Um, right, okay. Yeah, um, during my uh, forced hiatus because of the internet um, outage uh, that were, that I had, um, I think it was last year or the yeah last year, um, they came up. Uh, they they changed it to Eon, but I think it's back to Norverse uh, again. Um, but yeah, uh, that that's who I, I got hooked up with, and um, it's great. We we talk to each other, and we let let each other know. Okay, um, can can I do 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 this, and then you get a response pretty quickly, and they're like, yeah, go ahead. It's not nothing. Uh, we put together uh, we put together a couple of shows. Um, we did the the wrestling carnival. Um, and um, what was going to be like a, a second VWU show, um, I don't know if it's since been posted. I hope it has. But we did a, a woman's show, and it was just simply called Ladies' Night. And uh, yeah. I put that together uh, over a couple of uh, weeks. And it turned out pretty well, I think. And... Guess what? I didn't. I knew my place on the card. I didn't put my my women in the main event or anything like that. I knew. I know where I stand on certain things. Uh, so, I let other people be the main the main event. Um. So it, it's never been an ego thing for me. It's just being a part of this, uh, being a part of this Norverse that I that I hear to hear about, and when I look into who is in these, um, in this group, and also the the leagues um, that are part of it, is this Norverse not just a revamped Vivianverse? Well, and this, just, this is just me coming from like a, 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 a not like a criticism. Like, isn't this just a Viviverse? I mean, this from for, from somebody else who you know may have had some runs with those guys. They may look at that as a revamped Viviverse. Well, look, here's here, here's the way I look at it. Um, we're just a, a bunch of guys that like doing core, and I we. I've, I've taken charge of the, the women's group. Now, if there's a storyline that um, affects person uh, uh, one of my women, I try to incorporate that into the show that I'm putting together for them as well. 
Yeah. Now, if I can't do that, I let the, the I'll let the person know. Um, but yeah, I think I think you could if it's just well, there's a group of people and they acknowledge stuff that goes on in other people's leagues. Yeah, I guess in a, a sense, but like, couldn't you like? Isn't just um, VW uh, Vivian verse with titles sort of thing? Right. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, I look at it as a, co- a cooperative thing. And well, okay, well, the, if you want to call it the a Vivian verse clone, I guess. Well, so who would who would you say is in this Norverse? First of all, um. Uh, Omega is Joe Omega is in it. Yep. Um, and it, he's kind of out on the fringes because it's uh, it. He, I think he's um not. He he doesn't really. He's a part of it, but like, it, we get to use his talent, and um, he, I think he uses some of mine. He might use some of. Al, Al Cabrera's in it, so Empire's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and New Nor is a part of it. I don't, like, Danny Jackpot was running that. Then Al and Biff Andreas were running it at one point. I, I like, I, so, like, New Nor's a part of it. Uh, I, uh, and then... Dan, uh, Dan, uh, Dan, whatever Danny's league's uh, new league is, new elite wrestling, North American elite wrestling, whatever he calls it now, yeah. I think is a part of it. I don't know, but I consider him to still be a part of it, uh, at least as a consultant or, or something. But yeah, I... I don't. I don't think we would. I, I wouldn't particularly say no to any more leagues, but I wouldn't like encourage any more leagues to join in it, in it just in case they want to be acknowledged. Because yeah. I'm running the women's show and it's pretty crowded already. Because yeah. in that there's GWA women, there's Omega women, and there's. From Empire Empire's women, which are mostly real women athletes, I like like real world women as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty stacked, and I wouldn't want to <laughs> encourage anyone else to come in with a women's league if they really want to get acknowledged. What do you uh, think about the guys that are in the the Norverse that you were talking about, Danny, Biff, Joe? Well. Joe seems pretty cool because um, way I got I forget how exactly I got put in touch with him to be honest I think I I don't know if I reached out or he reached out first I think he might have wanted to use uh, Aussie at one point or he and Yeah, I can't. I can't remember exactly, but okay, yeah, eventually, fine, fine. We, yeah, eventually he he uh, he got roped into bringing Joe Omega into GWA. 
and I have since made him part of the anarchists, uh, the GWA branch of the anarchists, uh, along with um, Dallas Holiday and Tasmanian Devil Mask. Um, so he's he's got his own group there uh, in there, uh, and um, originally I was going to have him be uh, Jessica Diamond's boyfriend. But he said, no, uh, Joe, uh, uh, I, he's not interested. Uh, he, he wasn't really interested in that storyline because he was already, his character was already involved with someone. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that led to him eventually getting a title, a world title shot because, well, it, it was an... A, a, it was it was a TNA thing where, except I didn't put him over. Uh, he did a great performance against um, Jack Cage, my man beast, uh, Aboriginal clone of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> uh, freely admit um, <laughs> that, um, and uh, since then he's. He's got. He's going to get another. I think he's getting another run, uh, chance at it uh, in a uh, elimination chamber type match. Uh, so, but he was like the. He did a promo for it, uh, which was okay. <laughs> um, but I, I have since uh, decided. Well, I'm just going to use text for him <laughs> from now on. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, uh, Joe, uh, what was the question again? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, Al, uh, um, Al, uh, I forget how Al and I got hooked up. Uh, but yeah, I think he came along shortly afterwards. He, he was, I think he was still getting started. Yeah. Uh, and he can try... One thing I want to sort of to, to move on, and I know you talk about Alan and guys like that, 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 it, that but sort of to, to my other question, what I was talking about, sort of what you think of these guys. One of the things that's uh, that's come up quite frequently in, in some of these podcasts and also um, in, in, in general and in, in people's groups, uh, there's been a lot of criticism of, of Danny Jackpot in terms of some of the uh, language that he's used and also some of the, the comments that he's made and, and the kind of back and forth backlash uh, that, that he's had. What's uh, what's your opinion on on that? Do you are you not going to find it a struggle to bring new audience in when you're kind of going to be tied to someone that some audience members are going to sort of not really see quite positively? Okay, here's my point of view uh, on Danny. Sure. He got in contact with me. He asked. Uh, me if he could use now I am getting to a point with this he right he 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 wanted to use Aussie Andy and he uh put me he didn't put me on top he didn't he he just said okay uh and then uh he put him in a in a match and then me and Connor James got somehow put into a rivalry and he just let it, me and him develop it. And he's never 
come across to me like an egomaniac or anything like that. He's just a guy that's been doing this for a long time and people have let him do what he's doing. Now, I don't know a lot uh, about what's been mentioned about him and smoking. I wasn't there, so I didn't see anything. I, Mm. I can only go off what I've seen and he's treating me okay he's not big big league me or anything mm-hmm. i i did do an interview with him and uh he was quite frank uh, about his position and look uh i can understand why Smokey might feel the way he does and if that if he feels danny let him uh, held him back and Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I, I as again, again, I wasn't there at the time. I didn't see it. Uh, I'm using uh, Smokey in my league at the moment, and I've got no problem putting him into a big, a big spot. So, um, and like I said, Danny hasn't done anything to me to let me think. Well, I'm gonna stay at a certain level and uh, he's not going to do anything to put me he's going to stop me from realising my potential so right fine yeah like, uh, sorry a long way around to get to a <laughs> it's fine I mean again we've, we've had sort of people here who've got different opinions and, and the questions that I was asking is I don't, you know, I don't come across as someone that you know, it's here to tell you, you you know, you shouldn't shouldn't be friends with. I'm just, you know, the guy asking the questions here. So, you know, understand that everybody's got their own relationship with different people, regardless of, you know, if you've got other people that, that don't have it. But you can see why people like that do get bad raps. And, and I and I say that from a point of view. Well, not to say, you know, let's let's talk about this, but more, for example, with you and your, your global wrestling um you know fed and or or calling whatever you want to call it it's more if that's going to cause some problems to people who look and go oh this is good legal who who, what does this guy do oh he's part of this normal oh he's part of this guy and this guy and that immediately turns them off yeah i i can see some people doing that but if you're we're gonna uh, the other thing i gotta uh, think people have got to realize where we're a niche of a niche of a niche product. Sure. Yeah, they're what we're, we're, are we going to be fighting over like the same two to three thousand fans? And I, I got to be honest, I, I'm only doing this because I like doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I've made some friends. And if that's all that comes out of this, that's fine with me. I'm not looking to build this huge audience of millions of people because I just know that's not going to be happening. Yeah. Yeah. I forget how many, like 30 something thousand fans for WEDF. That's still pretty low. So I'm not going to be looking to make big cash money off this. Sure. So if we look at, uh, before we sort of uh, head on down the road here, as we've been uh, talking to you, in terms of your current league now at GWA, what can we expect in the future from uh, from you? Any sort of stars we should be, sure you should be looking out for? Any uh, big uh, events you're going to be hosting soon? Well, I got I, I got to be honest with you. Um, I think you're going to 
be surprised uh, that I'm not looking to bring anyone new in anytime soon because okay. the roster is pretty set. Uh, yep. I'm not. Uh, it, 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 I'm not expecting anyone to come to me and say, "Well, uh, uh, this big, huge uh, talent um, from this big league." Uh, I'm not going to be bringing in dating jackpot or uh, Adam jackpot or anybody. No one's asked me to bring uh, in talent that uh, no big name talent have come to me and said, "Oh, can you use my guy on your your show?" No, uh, no one's come to me and done that. But okay, um, the the last person I asked to use was Smokey, and he was very receptive to it. He's not going to be cutting it. Don't expect to hear his voice on the show anytime soon because I think he's busy with other things. Um, so that, uh, so that was the last big name talent to come in. Yeah, I. Uh, don't plan on, uh, but do expect to see Smokey in a big match uh, at okay. the next show. Uh, Paradise Lost. Uh, you're gonna see um, a big shakeup with the new women's show uh, coming up uh, as well. Uh, you uh, expect big things happening in. Uh, the uh, Nova Celestial show because that that's always fun. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, sorry, the new Nor Celestial show that that's the one I I run. So yeah. Um, but yeah, expect experimentation with, with what's coming my way. Uh, some interesting things are going to be happening. Okay. Well, we certainly wish you uh, all the best with all your future shows and your uh, future. One thing I would like to, to, sorry, sorry to say, one thing that we haven't had a chance to cover, and I sure. think is because I haven't mentioned it. Um, I want to give a, a big props to um, Regis. Um, really? Yeah, because. Uh, oh, Ray Geddes. Yeah, I uh, he was bringing back uh, GSF after yeah. I, what I gather was a long hiatus, and he had put out a a request for new talent, and I was a bit late on the the uptake. Uh, but you know what I said? Uh, I said I said, look, uh, I'm going to cut a promo, uh, and. Because he wanted someone to cut a promo for the show and uh, to see uh, who he could pick up. He wanted brand new talent because he only wanted people that could voice characters to be on the show. And I threw one in and he loved it. Okay. He loved the promo and he said, look, you're not going to be on the first show back, but I am going to put you on a on the the second show and he has since put me in one hell of a storyline with um god sorry I, i'm sorry the the guy's name big my uh, big money and the big uh the big gun i uh, forget what his full name is sorry okay it escapes me right now i i am terribly sorry it's all and 
but he didn't have to do that. He just uh, he saw talent in me, and he uh, he's let let me do my own thing with it. And look, uh, I really I really appreciate him taking a risk on, on someone like me because uh, look. I haven't got that. I'm not uh, not a big guy. Uh, my uh, Aussie Andy's not a big name. And he just really, he's been without doing anything. He's encouraged me to try and improve uh, what I do with core. So I just wanted to give him a quick props for taking a chance on someone like me. Well, I did not know that. Thanks for uh, for bringing that up, and we certainly give a, a big yeah boy to our old pal Ray Geddes. You know, Ray Geddes does ASMR now. Did you know that? <laughs> no. I think he'll do a, a a great job with that. He um, I think he knows how to really get down to the people. But we do uh, thank Mister Geddes and his uh, given opportunity. And you know, sometimes there are people out there that do give opportunities, and you know it's always great to to do that, regardless of all the the stuff that goes on. But we will certainly be having Reagan at some point on the show uh, when I can grab his ass. But we will uh, hopefully down the road get to speak to him. But before we wrap up the show, as we are running out of time here, in terms of where people can catch you on your social media, all that kind of stuff, where can they uh, where can they well, catch? Well. Uh... If you, you want to give me a follow on Twitter on at magpie two five four one, I there is a GWA fan page. I uh, I just look up Global Wrestling uh, Australia on Facebook, and you can follow us there. Uh, look honestly, I, the YouTube channel is not got a standard YouTube thing yet for you to follow it just look up gwa wrestling and maybe you can find it um but if you go to the facebook page and uh click the link there you should be able to find it okay um but yeah uh that's the best way uh i keep my personal facebook and all that uh secret for the moment um sure well, before we do head on down the road, I've got a couple of questions for you in our old Q&A that we love to do. So let's throw a good old question your way, Mr. Stewart. Let's check it out. So for you, in your own opinion, what was the best error in professional wrestling? Probably just before I started watching, I think that the big, uh, from... WrestleMania to fourteen to sure. to fully loaded ninety nine. I think oh, I remember that one. The fully tail loaded. end of the Attitude Era, the, like right before the, the 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 company went public. I think yeah was yeah. the best era. Now that's just due to popularity wise and the stories that were being told and that I I think both show I think. ECW was doing some of its best stuff at the time as well. I think WCW was, despite, I think if they didn't have as many injuries and all that as they did, I think they were doing some great stuff as well at the time. So yeah. we're going go to go to. Yeah, that, sorry, that was it. 
that's fine. You broke up a little bit, so that's why I um, sort of repeated it. We're going to go to our usual questions that we ask every single person on the show. Mr. Stewart, who would you say is the most overrated CAW? Well, despite... Um... Despite my friendship with him, I gotta, I gotta say, I think, despite uh, with, with the amount of success he's had, I think he's still overrated. Is Danny Jackpot? I think he is. Oh, still like it's nothing come against after you him now. personally, uh, or nothing against him personally. But I think, I think people have an urge just to because he's been so successful everywhere, is to put massive amounts of attention on him. And when they uh, they could be creating their own talent and just uh, doing other stuff, but nothing against him personally. I think I, I think he's still a top guy, but I just don't think he. I think he's a bit overrated. On the contrary, who would you say is the most underrated? The entire GWA roster. Yeah, you would say that, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's a completely unbiased opinion. But uh, like I think uh, uh, there there are plenty of people on on, on the GWA roster. Uh, obviously, apart from smoking now, I think I think I, I'm, but I, to a degree, I think he's even underrated Who? in some respects. I don't think I I don't think he's given the amount of attention he's he's needed. Uh, if uh, gun to my head, uh, like if you wanted to pick someone that's known out there that probably deserves a bit more attention, it, it would be him. Um, Who? Uh, Smokey. Like I you think you think Smokey's underrated. I think to a degree. Oh, to a degree. there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be pissed off at that. Oh man. Well, no, I, I, I don't mean like. I think he could be bigger than what he, uh, what right. he has been. I don't think you. I think if you. From what I've seen, to a degree, I think he could be. I think he could be as big as Danny Jackpot should be. But uh, honestly, uh, also, I think, I think Al Cabrera, to a degree, is Absolutely. underrated. I, uh, I think Biff Andreas, to a degree, is underrated as well. Okay. Um, well. Yeah, basically all my friend, uh, my friends, all your friends. <laughs> and my entire roster is under- underrated. But yeah, um, yeah, the, the, to be honest, yeah. Like, sure, sure. Before we head on out here, we're going to ask you one last question, which I love to, to pick out, out of my list of questions. And the last question goes to you, Mr. Stewart. What advice would you give to your younger self? Mm. Don't uh, don't be so impulsive. Think things through uh, before you do them. But obviously, I wouldn't take that advice. <laughs> My well, that's probably not true. Not take that. I was given that advice, and I didn't take it. I I think I I think if it came from myself, if I had a time machine and I had said that to myself, I think yeah, I still probably wouldn't have taken the advice. But yeah, I think. I think we can all do that uh, uh, to be a little less impulsive and to think things through beforehand. 
Absolutely. I think even if we gave advice to our younger selves, we probably still wouldn't, uh, wouldn't listen to ourselves. But that's always a good tip to follow. Don't be so impulsive. Think things through. And I think that's a great way to end the show here. I've been talking to Mr. Brendan Stewart about all things C-A-W. You can catch him up on the Twitter. You can catch GWA up on YouTube. Is there anything else you would like to say, Mr. Shoup, before we head on down the road? Thank you for having me on the show and letting me vent. <laughs> no problem. Sometimes the show can be a little bit therapeutic to get what you're saying, and hopefully people dig the show that we put out for you. And also you can take a deep dive into the archives to check out uh, a lot of our previous podcasts including the D-Wall episode that we uh, referenced quite a lot in here. Check out that one and then come back and check this one out. But for now, that is it. My conversation with Mr. Brendan Stewart. FWZ Talk is available on all streaming platforms including Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Check out all things FWZ on the FWZ Collection Channel.